Hey everybody, it's Kylie Gable. Welcome to another episode of the Feminization Boudoir Podcast from Candy Apple Press. And it's great to be back, but you know, I need those those little breaks. So I appreciate you indulging me. One thing I also appreciate, um, we lost our sponsorship, which um, we had from Anchor. And it was not big money or anything, but it paid me about 20 or 25 bucks a show, and it was it was wonderful. Um, and so if anybody's looking to sponsor the show, that would be terrific, uh, any businesses. But also, there's another type of sponsorship, more of the PBS-type sponsorship. And, like, in back-to-back days, I had three different people sign up, pledge in, you know, five bucks a month for this podcast, and it means a lot. I uh, can't tell you how much. I really appreciate it. And thank you. So over this past month, I have been sending out audios left and right. Um, it is not bearing so much fruit yet, but they're coming. And uh, some will be Christmas related and, and, and some won't be. But um, I know Shayla's been a little bit busy, but she has a couple, including one story that was actually written uh, specifically for her. And uh, Faith O'Shea is going to be back doing another story, which is great. And um, I'm hoping to get one to Lindsay very soon. Um, The newest one we have today is actually from Miss Jen Davis, who um, has done a bunch of these stories before. Um, This is a series of mine. Um, I like doing these stories uh, about a girl named April Blackwell, or a woman, depending on when the story takes place, and her uh, sissy Paul. And they usually take place around different events. This one takes place at Christmas time, and it's called April's Christmas. And um, that is today's audio. But if you like this, there are some other April's stories that she's recorded. We've done April's graduation. There's just a bunch of them. So uh, without any further ado, here's Miss Jen Davis and her reading of April's Christmas. April's Christmas, written by Kylie Gable, narrated by Miss Jen Davis. There are certain things that April Blackwell expected her sissies to know. Feminine things like walking in heels and doing makeup. Paul had mastered both easily enough with a combination of encouragement and discipline from her. When they graduated from high school, April and her friends noticed that Paul probably had mastered heels better than just about any of the real girls stumbling down the aisle to pick up their diploma. Some of the emotional aspects of being a good sissy were much harder for Paul to master, knowing that his place was at April's feet, not on anything close to equal footing, and understanding that his satisfaction would only come from her enjoyment, and never his own, were lessons that took a long time to sink in. The most difficult lesson for him to learn had been gratitude. But April was sure he would learn. Good sissies always do. On Christmas Eve, Paul was given quite a shock when April summoned him to her unit. She didn't know if he had any Christmas plans himself, but she didn't really care. She had big plans that included him, 
and that was all that mattered to her. Paul reflected on the ways his reunion with April turned his entire life upside down. All the units in their condo looked pretty similar to each other. Of course, Paul's was the only one with a penis-shaped chandelier, chairs with cock and ball armrests, and ultra-feminine decor. All gifts from April. Well, not gifts exactly, because she sent all the bills to Paul. Her redecoration of his home coincided with her humiliating demolition of his attempt at a masculine life as well as derailing of his engagement. When Paul entered April's unit, he immediately noticed the Christmas decorations and the Christmas music playing. He desperately hoped that it meant that she was full of holiday spirit and that she was going to take it easy on him. Even contemplating the alternative was frightening to him, as it would include feminization and debasement. Hello, sissy, she called up from the kitchen. Put on the outfit I've laid out for you on my bed. Fix your makeup at my mirror, then come out and help me. Paul had so many questions, but he knew better than to ask them. He went into the bedroom to do as he was told. He gasped when he saw how April wanted him dressed. He looked at his reflection and noticed his face had turned whiter than the Christmas Eve snow. Still, he knew defiance was not an option. Every time he'd struggled to stand up to April, she'd ruthlessly imposed her will on him. He had always been helpless against her. When he emerged from April's bedroom... His makeup was done, and he was dressed in a very sexy Mrs. Claus costume. He felt feminine and foolish in the long-sleeved, red bodycon mini-dress that hugged his every padded curve. Of course, there was a layer of marabou at the bust and sleeves. She had him wear a sexy Santa hat, red fishnets, and some black patent CFM pumps on his feet that matched the belt that tightly cinched him around his waist. He was startled when Sarah, April's friend who'd witnessed his feminization and humiliation before, started snapping pictures of him. He didn't hear her come in while he was getting ready. An all-too-familiar wave of helplessness washed over him as he sadly realized nothing he wanted mattered. It wasn't like he had any choice in the matter anyway. I'm having a bit of a Christmas party with some of my friends, sissy, explained April. You know some of them, like Sarah here, but some you'll be meeting for the very first time. But why do you want me at your party? Why? Because you're the serving girl as well as the guest of honor, she said. You'll serve drinks and snacks and provide entertainment. Entertainment, he asked, his lower lip quivering. He could only imagine the types of demeaning and emasculating things she'd make him do to entertain her guests. Don't worry about that. Just make sure everybody's glass and plate are full, and of course greet everybody at the door and take their coats. 
How many people are going to see me? he asked. Enough to amuse me, replied April, <laughs> giggling girlishly, as his frightened reaction without showing even a hint of sympathy. Before he could even protest, he heard a knock at the door and shook his head. No! April was having none of that. Oh, sissy, it's just precious that you think you have a choice here. Well, here's a choice for you, missy. Either you start greeting my guests right now, or I bring them in and let them watch me spank you until you cry, and then you start greeting my guests. Now, which will it be? Paul knew she wasn't bluffing, as she had effortlessly dominated him so many times in the past. He hung his head and meekly said, I'll greet them. Please don't spank me. That's what I thought. Now for questioning me, you have to curtsy to me and to all the guests when they arrive, whenever you enter or leave a room, and whenever anyone speaks to you or you speak to them. Got it? April asked menacingly. Humiliated, Paul mumbled, Yes, ma'am, as he dropped a well-practiced and very feminine curtsy to April's satisfied smirk. One by one, the guests arrived, and Paul curtsied obediently, often to the giggles of the guests. Paul recognized a few of April's bratty friends from high school, as well as Cheryl and Terry, a pair of alluring minxes who lived across the hall from him in the condo. They'd thoroughly enjoyed seeing April feminize Paul and laughed at his sexy costume. Looking hot, Mrs. Claus, they teased. Then there was Lauren, a beautiful blonde and one of his main tormentors from school, who commented, Great to see you again, sissy. Remember when I tricked you into getting elected homecoming queen? All he could do was blush curtsy and nod. He fought to ignore the unwanted flash of memories, her words unleashed, mental images of him standing up in front of his whole school in a long, silky turquoise dress, stockings and heels, holding a mass of dildos like a bouquet of flowers, and wearing a pink on silver sash proclaiming him home-coming queen. Well, everyone pointed and laughed. <laughs> he wanted to glare at her for reminding him of one of the most humiliating days of his life, but he fought back the urge. He knew it would end badly for him. It always did. Lauren pinched Paul's ass through the slinky Santa dress and cupped his butt cheek achievously as if to emphasize his status as nothing more of a plaything, a sex object that she could use any way she wished. Most of April's guests saw this and realized they too could use Paul for their amusement. They had way too much fun with him. They'd lift up the hem of his little red dress and slap his behind or pinch it. He hated every second of it, but he didn't dare let any displeasure show for fear of what April might do to him. He was well trained to obey, and once the party-goers realized he was fair play, they tried to outdo each other, making him squirm, blush, and yelp. 
Paul began to notice that there were only women at the party, and so many of them had already met him at some point in their life. It actually made their jeers and laughter that much more embarrassing for him. Still, he was well trained by April, and even with such terrible humiliation, he hustled to pass out the appetizers and keep everybody's drink filled. When all the guests had arrived, it meant that he was really busting his butt to please everybody. He drew everybody's attention to the center of the room, where April announced that Paul was going to entertain everybody with some karaoke. What am I supposed to sing, asked Paul, in a near panic. I think I've got just the thing, said April, as she queued up the DVD to Santa Baby. With Paul's practiced, girly little voice and his seductive moves, he was quite a hit with April's guests and actually made her proud of him. They had him sing a few old Madonna and Britney Spears songs for their entertainment, too. But Santa Baby was definitely the biggest hit. April's guests and she had decided to do a secret Santa at the party. But they all wanted to get Paul presents. They had a sort of unofficial competition to see who could embarrass him the most with their gifts. Of course, Paul knew that anything less than gushing appreciation would be totally unacceptable when he opened the colorfully wrapped packages. Ingratitude would earn him a serious spanking, and he wanted to avoid that. Cheryl and Terry presented their gift first. Together they had purchased Paul a $100 gift card to Victoria's Secret. Paul's mind filled with countless ways April could use the card to humiliate him and make him feel uncomfortable in such a feminine store. But he knew the routine well. Oh my gosh, he screamed, Victoria's Secret, how did you know? Really, replied Terry, what sissy doesn't love that place? Next came Lauren, who also went with the Victoria's Secret theme. In her case, she had purchased a sheer pink metallic lace bodysuit and some sexy sheer thigh-high stockings for Paul. This was gorgeous and sexy lingerie that still wouldn't give away his true sex. It was absolutely perfect for him. Th thank you, Lauren, he stammered. You really shouldn't have. Do you like it, sissy? she replied. Oh, yes, it's just wonderful, he said nearly in tears. It's wonderful. Hold it up to yourself so we can see it, ordered Sarah. Paul did just that to the mocking oohs and ahs from April's guests before April ordered him to change into his new lingerie in the bathroom and come back out so they could see him model it. Paul was blushing deeply when he returned, and April gave Lauren a nod of appreciation for the great gift. Actually, said Sarah, I think my gift will be perfect for our little sissy now that she's changed into something more comfortable. I can't wait to see it, Paul lied as he tore open the gift wrap and pulled a brand new ten-inch dildo from the box. Oh, wow, this is j j just what I wanted, he stammered, feeling defeated, but trying to look happy about it. Let's go stick it to the wall and let Sissy give us a sample of his cock-sucking talents, suggested Sarah. 
What an excellent idea, April agreed. Sarah placed it on the wall by the front door, and Paul went to work on the very realistic dildo. He wondered how many of April's guests knew how much experience he had with the real thing. They could tell he knew his way around a cock, because he didn't just suck it. He was running his tongue along the shaft and working the balls like a total pro. Sarah was beaming with pride as she told him, I think I may win for the best gift tonight. I wouldn't be so fast collecting the award, replied April. Oh, you have something planned, don't you? asked Sarah. She'd been April's friend a long time, and she knew that she always had something up her sleeve. Just then there was a knock on the door. April winked knowingly at Sarah before calling out, Sissy, get up and answer the door. Embarrassed, Paul climbed to his feet, and after giving April a look back in the hope that she would show him some sympathy, considering the way he was dressed, he opened the door. When he did, he almost fell over. Standing in the doorway was a man in a red Santa suit. But this was no ordinary Santa Claus. His shirt was undone, revealing six-pack abs and a broad, wet chest. The women seeing this began to cheer. They understood that Paul was a straight male, even though he was dressed and squealing like a slutty girl at the moment. Most of the women whooped and laughed seeing a guy manhandled like a girly piece of ass, but April had this all prearranged. The huge stud scooped Paul up in his arms and carried him over to the couch. Then he undid the snap on Paul's sexy bodysuit to allow easy access. Within moments, the helpless and feminized male was strategically positioned on the larger man's lap and about to be impaled. Merry Christmas, sissy, April called out as he squealed in shock and humiliation. All of the assembled women knew what was coming next. This was going to be quite entertaining for them. Paul was weeping bitter tears as he looked from one smiling face to another, seeking sympathy in vain. Paul realized he must look like a horny bride on her honeymoon night, or perhaps more like a call girl, earning her living by satisfying male sexual urges. Paul was marked for life as a sissy slut in these women's eyes. Their laughter made it clear that he could never live this down. These women were witnessing his complete emasculation, and they were enjoying it. They were entertained by his subjugation. He knew they'd never see him the same way again. At the condo mailboxes, in the laundry room, or in the hallways, at the supermarket, or wherever else they met, from this moment on, all of these beautiful, sexy young women would see him, think about how he looked at the moment, and snicker at him. Well, said Sarah, I guess second place is okay, too. I hope you enjoyed that. That was Miss Jen Davis reading my story, April's Christmas. So, 
Again, I am looking for a sponsor. You can always contact me, whether you want to sponsor the show or not, at kyliegable at yahoo.com. Always love hearing from listeners, both positive and negative, uh, because it helps to steer this um, podcast in a direction that you will enjoy. So it's always great. Uh, I'll be back next week. I have no idea what audio uh, we'll be playing. I guess it depends on who gets audio back to me. Um, but there, it's out there. And so next week we will definitely have something new, probably Christmas related, I'm guessing. And uh, have a wonderful week. And I will see you next Monday. Take care.